we ready? Turn that shit up. You have now entered Staying On Point, powered by Digital Sucker Punch. Discussing all things business, fitness, and marketing. You're about to go on a deep dive, interviewing some of the best in the business when it comes to thought leaders, entrepreneurship, and business. Buckle up, put your seatbelts on, you're in for a ride. All right, welcome along to our very first episode of Staying On Point. I've got a very special guest with us for today, uh, a long-term friend of mine, someone that I completely admire, someone that I look up to in the world of business, and we have an opportunity to pick his brain, see how he's got where he's gotten, and everything that, uh, uh, that his journey along the way. This guy is someone that uh, if anyone's going to write a book in this world or in my circle of friends, <laughs> it's going to be this guy. Uh, he has a story to tell. He has trials and tribulations, has experienced it all from the highs and lows, um, and now runs a very, very successful supplements business, um, primarily through e-commerce, but obviously looking at other channels as well. But uh, we're going to dive into all of this right now and welcome our guest, Jordan Farris from Alpha Lion. I'm just going to patch you in right now, my man. Jordan, how are you, buddy? Good, brother. Thanks for having me on the on the show. I feel privileged being the first one. First, I don't know what I've done to it. I don't know what I've done to achieve that to get that privilege. <laughs> well, you know, we've got to cut our teeth on something, and uh, what better <laughs> what better person to chat to than yourself? So, man, listen, we're going to kick it off with the obligatory. Uh, who, what, why, when, questions, all the W's, you know, who are you, where are you, what are you doing over there, you know, give us a bit of insight into, um, you know, all things Jordan Farris. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, as you mentioned, I'm co-founder of Alpha Lion, a sports nutrition brand, you know, based out of America. I'm actually living here in Medellin, Colombia. Um, so, I've been here for about three years, business partner based out of LA. So, you know, we built the business, you know, as a remote outfit, which has come with its challenges, but I think it benefits as well. So, um, you know, originally from Australia, Dave, as, as you know, we, we've gone way back to the days of, uh, you know, the party days back in Australia. So, yeah, I guess from, uh, you know, we've had Alpha Line now about three years and um, this is probably the first business where I've actually... I guess had the passion and stuff to it and you know we're seeing success from it so um yeah i guess uh in terms of you know how the business got started um dave as you know i was sort of jumping into e-commerce different fad businesses never really had anything that i wanted to do it was always just finding the next big fad that was coming and jumping on it you know there's no passion behind it uh, a business partner troy comes from the uh you know, the, the direct response background and we sort of met on a project. He was doing some copy and the idea came about, you know, we wanted to do our own project. I've always been, you know, passionate about fitness since, you know, the early days, 12 years old, you know, training, getting into it. And that all came from, you know, I guess being that skinny little runt in school. Wanted to put on a bit of, uh, you know, look good for females. That was the whole, uh, the whole gym culture back in the day in Australia. So Yes, it was. Yeah, as you know, so we started Alpha Lion literally off a phone call, Skype chat, just like we are now. Um, we were up and running for about 18 months before we even met. First time we met was in Columbia. Um, and I've only met Troy now three times. And like I mentioned earlier, that's got its benefits and its, uh, you know, its cons as well. So, 
Yeah, let me know. Let me know what else you want to hear about the uh, the story of Alpha Wine. Oh man, we're working. There's so much to dive into, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on all those points. But uh, let me kick it off with um, from the very beginning. So I know years and years ago you mentioned to me that you were going to start a supplements business, and at that time I was in the back of my mind. I was like, I was doubtful. I was like, you know, it's a saturated market. Everyone seems to be doing supplements, or there's a lot of brands out there. You know, we were taking supplements at that time, obviously, and I just saw. Maybe I just couldn't see the the trees amongst the forest, <clears throat> but I just saw it as such a saturated market, and I was like, all right, how how is he going to tackle this? You know, I'm I'm curious to see what's going to come of this. Plus, I knew your history from other your other business ventures that you partook in, so I was just like, all right, let's see what happens here. And you know, one o'clock forward, you've got a massively successful business. So, what you know, what was the driving motivation to even go down the path of supplements, knowing that it's such a busy marketplace to be honest i don't think we even looked at that that aspect of it being saturated um i think you know there's that argument that every industry is saturated and i think um in a way that's sort of more of a mindset mindset um of people um for us we just were passionate about it and just you know went in went in all in and it sort of came out i guess when when you have that that passion and that that drive and the you know you're going to come out on the on the other end so for us, it worked out that way. You know, we, Troy, my business partner, is a YouTuber. So he had a small audience when we started, um, you know, which allowed us to do a bit of testing with products um, in, in the initial phases. When I say an audience, you know, maybe 20,000 people on YouTube. So, you, you know, these aren't people that are bought. They're just people that are following, as you know. So, yeah, I guess for us, we never, we never did that sort of research where, oh, this market's saturated. It was more that we want to do this, just go all in, and we did. Okay, fantastic. So let me drive, drill down into that even further. Now, like Alpha Lion has such a unique voice, it's such a unique branding, such a uh, segment of the marketplace. What made you guys go down that path and identify that audience that you wanted to to market to, essentially, and create products that would resonate with that type of audience? It is it's such a unique product, and I think that is a credit to your success and why Alpha Lion is so successful because. Uh, you know, you've picked it, you've found the audience, you've created a product that speaks directly to them. No, 100%. Um, I guess we, we created products that we would take, you know, that we wanted to take, and that's how it all started. We were marketing to ourselves, which, you know, as you know, understanding that avatar makes life a lot easier, as it is us. Um, our brand has got a lot of personality, and I just think that came from by that point, we'd had so many different businesses that it got really tiring to start a business and we wanted to do something that was fun, you know, and I think it goes back to the whole, I don't know how cliche this kind of stuff sounds, it's like passion is, is everything and you hear it on every interview and there's a reason you hear it because it's, it's the recipe, it's true, you know, it's like if you don't have that passion, um, it's not going to work and for us, we wanted to do something that was everyday fun, you know, and right now we're three years in, I'm working more than ever, um, you know, that's because we're we're growing at a fast pace, yeah. uh, but at the same time, I've got, I love it, you know. For me, at the, point, at the moment, I, I prefer to work than not work. I just can't not work, and I think that comes down to making it fun and enjoyable. Um, whereas past businesses I've had have all just been like, you know, chasing the dollars, where this is this has been a complete mind chi- uh, mindset shift. You know, I'm not... Um, not interested in... Obviously, money's a byproduct, but right now it's the least of my focus, and we've sort of moved our attention from trying to make a quick dollar to, you know, serving people and and it's been fun on the process, so I could do it every day. 
uh, I couldn't agree with you more there. You know, like as soon as money becomes the sole focus, when you hit those hard times, it's not going to get you through. The passion's what's going to get you through. The passion's what's going to keep you up, you know, to, to all hours of the morning working, getting that, you know, hitting that deadline, uh, producing that new product, you know, and then fending off all the bullshit that comes along with that once you, once you grow, once you get to a certain level, which I do want to dive into because I know you guys are getting hit from angles and, uh, uh, I think that all comes with growth and, you know, people are definitely interested in that. Um, so let me ask you, with, with Alphaline, what was the defining moment when you realized, hang on, we've got a successful business here. We've got something that is going to be scalable, potentially saleable. But, you know, for now, this is something that we can really dig our heels, in, heels into and, and grow. When we, what, you know, is there a, def, a defining moment? Was there something that made you realize, hey, listen, we hit certain revenue figures, we sold certain uh, volume and pro- products, we got some sort of recognition, some PR. Was there something that really uh, ticked that box to make you guys go, yep, yeah, we're on the path? Yeah, definitely. I think year one for us was was super slow. Um, you know, we, you know, I remember the days where it was like, yes, we had a hundred dollar day. You know, that was that was exciting. Um, and that was very much so the whole of the year one. So as you can see, it's like, it was tough that first 12 months, but when we started seeing people, um, you know, started to talk about the brand, um, customers buying, you know, our, I guess our retention rate as a brand is super high and that tells us a lot about, uh, the brand in a whole. Um, so I guess, yeah, moving into year two, we started seeing a lot of PR, um, people talking about the brand. Um, and by then we sort of knew that, okay. No, there's interest. People are liking this. We built a private Facebook group. There's a lot of discussion inside of that, which, by the way, is probably our biggest asset, I would say, as a, as a brand. Um, you know, it's allowed us to primary research. It's allowed us to, uh, you know, engage with our it's – it's our family now. We're on a, on a you know, a family basis, a close friend basis with a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys inside of our group I speak to more than, you know, Dave, like yourself. Like, we're close, but it's like on a day-to-day basis I speak to these guys, so – yeah, I guess seeing that kind of interaction has, has allowed us to see that, okay, you know, there's, we're building something here more than a, a, a product that people just want to take, um, you know, go to the gym with. There's a lot more to it. So, yeah, I'd definitely say after year one, uh, we started seeing some good success. And then year two, we had some good growth. But year three, is, we've seen some, you know, some, some pretty significant growth. Fantastic. Now, I remember years ago, you actually, you know, we were talking, you, t- you told me about, about building a tribe and that you'd rather have a thousand you know a thousand people that would purchase of you and that were you know brand advocates opposed to a hundred thousand people that would just you know uh, sort of um, engage with your brand but not really purchase or not really be your uh, primary focus audience and you guys have really made a, a conscious effort to build that tribe and if I'm if I remember correctly your, your Facebook groups is a, the superhuman you group is that right yeah correct yeah yeah and so even before you started launching products had you started that group and started engaging with people and started uh, communicating with them and understanding who your target market is and then started introducing products how, how did that process sort of came about and you know how beneficial was that to really getting that knit that traction once it started happening to have that tribe there under your belt yeah, that uh, like I said, that's probably our biggest asset. Um, you know, I think too many people in this in this world right now focus too much on acquisition and sort of forget about that customer once they've come through. You know, it's much cheaper to keep that customer happy than trying to acquire a new customer. 
you know, especially these days with rising you know media costs, it's not what it used to be. So um, I don't get that part. And I think as a business owner, when you're first starting out, a lot of people just, you know, they're just so spending so much time in the business. They don't look at the business from the outside and realize, hey, listen, I've got these thousand customers already bought. Why am I, why aren't I giving them the attention? You know, and for us, since day one, it's always been about that. We haven't, Yes, we've grown quickly, but at the same time, it's been very strategic in regards to we always service those existing customers, and that's where the, the private group comes in. Um, we have a content hub that is separate to Alphaline called Superhuman New, which is a you know a, a full content website with with, with there's a, there's paid programs, but there's enough information there that a person can you know can change achieve their goals in terms of with fat loss, weight gain, whatever it is, um, without those programs, and that's a that's a free library that takes us a lot of time you know troy has his youtube so we're still giving a lot of that value um but in terms of the group that was launched pretty much as we launched the brand so it wasn't before okay um but it allowed us to you know launch a product get some insights before we even made any iterations to that product or made launched a new product you know so we launched the two products out of the gate and then brought in a third one which is now a hero skew um, you know, a couple, probably about four months after the first two, and it's sort of you know snowballed from there, like started taking off from there. Yeah. And and how much do you engage with your audience in terms of um, potential new product releases? Uh, you know, potential new formulas or formulations. Um, uh, do you uh, sort of communicate with them on that level to dictate the direction of the company and to dictate the direction of the product being released? Um, you know, can you fill us in a little bit more on that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, we do, 100%. They're, they're very involved. Uh, in terms of formulations, not so much. Um, but in terms of a high level, okay, we want to bring in a pre-workout or a new flavor of a protein. They're very much so involved in terms of picking a flavor, um, getting involved in actually sampling the product before we actually sign off on it. Um, so, yeah, they're very heavily involved. But from the top, we do our market research in terms of, uh, you know, trends that's happening in the industry. Um, you know, and we've got, we've got a lot of data now three years into business of what skews, uh, you know, that do, that do move. And, you know, as a brand, it's hard to have that. You don't want to have that catalog of just 100 skews just because it looks good. You know, it's the 80-20 rule on our end, um, the pre-workout category and probably in the protein category, the two highest moving sports nutrition you know, skews. So for us, it just makes sense being the best in those. Um, and that's where we do a lot of market research in terms of pre-workouts, you know, new flavors, that kind of thing. So they're very heavily involved, uh, but not from the top up in terms of formulation and down. It's sort of they, they come in after we have a, a formula, uh, but they'll be involved in iterations of that formula. We might send out three versions and, and these guys will sort of, you know, taste test and effect test and give us feedback. And from there, we sort of finalize everything. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Which, which I'll just jump onto that. It, you know, it gives the customer a bit of ownership to the product. Of course. Um, you know, so when you release it, they feel like they've been a part of it, you know. So I think that's super important. And I don't think enough brands do it. Um, and it's why? Because it's time-consuming. You've got two types of brands. You've got the ones that have a face behind them and the ones that don't. You know, the ones that have a face can do these kind of things and both have their pros and cons. Um, I look at a brand that has a face behind as, as a harder exit. If you want to sell, you've got that person attached to it, but they're not going to be part of it. Maybe the sell is going to be harder, whereas a brand, a brand that's faceless, 
doesn't have this kind of interaction um, where people know the owners, but at the same time, there's no there's no barrier if they do want to sell. I guess like everything is pros and cons. Of course, of course. Now you mentioned before your hero product, so you've got a hero product uh, out of the gate, which is your your superhuman. Is that sorry? Uh, is it superhuman? Sorry, correct me if I'm wrong. There, what what's your hero product? Yeah, um, yeah superhuman pre workout. Yeah, fantastic. And I. I, I <laughs> How long have I known you for? And I've actually never had that had it myself. So one day, one day we'll get it sent down this over to Australia. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if you'd be able to handle it, Dave. We'll have to see. No. I'll get some out to you this week. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Um, but in terms of products, I know you guys are doing a lot of releases at the moment. Do you want to fill us in on what you've got current? What's in the pipelines? Um, you know, I know you obviously in, in for the times uh, you've moved some uh some product releases back so or forward i should say um so that you know it's relative to what people want at this point of time so we've got a new immunity product fill us in you know what was the motivation behind that what's so special about that and you know what's on the cards for it yeah yeah definitely so obviously you know at the time of this interview we're going through a you know very unprecedented time with coronavirus so it has had to change the way we think um you know i guess on a a silver lining, the health industry is probably the one that's taking, that's benefiting out of this. Um, but in, in saying that, being a sports nutrition brand and gyms in lockdown, things like pre-workout, without existing messaging, just weren't selling. So, you know, we had to pivot. Um, we bundled in sort of our uh, digital program at home workouts with the pre-workout. So it still gave them a reason to, to buy these SKUs. But on top of that, as a brand, we're working off, we're focusing on the offline strategy quite a bit. You know, our independence, we, we just launched on bodybuilding.com uh, towards the end of last year. Um, GNC is another big one, but at the time of this interview, I think they'll end up going bankrupt because of coronavirus. So we'll probably move away from that as a, you know, as a strategy, as an offline channel and probably focus our attention on vitamin shop, um, you know, much smaller, but in terms of their, their position as a business, much safer. So looking at these kind of strategies, um, we're focusing on SKUs that we have wanted to do for quite some time, which more in the health space. Um, you know, we've just brought together Superhuman Armor, which is an immunity product. Uh, I'm not going to announce the release date because we haven't announced it. In the coming weeks, we have Superhuman Gut, and we're bringing to market you know, our first first brand in the sports nutrition industry to bring a, a very exciting new ingredient um, to market. So for us, innovation is going to be a big part of Alpha Line moving forward. We're working with uh, basically, you know, ingredient suppliers to create new ingredients um, that we will bring to market. And that's something as a brand, we don't want to be a Me Too brand that just brings forward products. We want to be the innovators. And that's something we've always wanted. And I think in the sports nutrition brand, there's not enough innovation. And that's something we're looking at. And obviously, that there's a lot of R&D costs. Uh, but as a brand, as you know, as, as a person trying for myself, that's something we've wanted to do. So moving forward, you're going to see a lot more health-based SKUs. Um, and you're going to see new ingredients that other brands aren't using. So that's definitely something we're pretty excited about. But in terms of the next couple of weeks, we've got uh, – so this Friday, so tomorrow, May 8th, we're launching a limited edition of our – our hero skew superhuman. Um, that's Liberty Juice. So now all around the freedom of you know, getting our workouts back. So again, it just sits in with personality and a part of the brand. We're, we're donating um, ten thousand dollars to our. We, we partnered with Vitamin Angels earlier last year, and that's something that is really big part of our brand. And um, 
I think what drives us on a day-to-day basis is that we have our own foundation here in Medellin, Colombia called Karma Foundation. Um, so we're donating $10,000 of sales to that foundation as well as $10,000 to Vitamin Angels. And Vitamin Angels basically provides life-saving vitamin A to, to children, malnourished children. That's the biggest uh, cause of death in the world for children. So that's, uh, again, that sort of drives a lot of what we do as well. Phenomenal. Um, you know, just the sheer amount of, uh, I wouldn't say volume, but what you've succeeded in a short period of time. You know, I, I particularly think with e-commerce, people either have that dropship mentality where it's just instantaneous, but it's obviously it's not, there's not, there's no stability behind it. And, you know, what goes up, what comes down. But for what you guys have achieved in such a short period of time, only being three years in business, and, you know, you've got past that terms of uh, statistically saying that, you know, within the first two years, 80% of small businesses will fail. And then, you know, within the next two years after that, you know, an X amount of percentages will fail there. And the fact that you guys have able to grow to where you are in that three-year period and also have your, I suppose, uh, you know, philanthropical, if that's the word, philanthropical adven- uh, adventures along the side and donating to Vitamin Angels, you know, is phenomenal because, then it becomes obviously not only about business, but it becomes about the purpose and what more that you can yeah. get and give out of your business. So, um, you know, it just makes me excited hearing about what you what you guys are doing. And what I'd like to know is where you want to go. Where's next for Alpha Lion? You know, like right now you're you're an e-commerce brand. You know, you're looking at being more of a um, uh, what's the acronym for a DNVB digital native vertical brand. Is there opportunity for that? Yeah, 100%. I think for us moving forward, um, online's my background. Yeah, I love paid media. Um, I just think, you know, again, we're experiencing right now coronavirus. I think there's going to be a big shift. Um, offline is, is, is going to be there, but I think you're seeing right now that a lot of these brands that are probably going to go bust is because they didn't have an online strategy. Um, so for us, online is always going to be number one, but from an offline strategy, we can't ignore, you know, your big big box retailers like your Walmart, you know, your Kroger's, these kind of um, guys can just buy in volume. Um, for us as a brand, the bigger we get, the more people we help, you know. So that's, end of the day, that's the mission. So I'm not interested in being a $5 million brand, a $10 million brand. You know, we, wanna, we want that $100 million revenue, you know, in the next sort of three to five years is what we're, our goal is, what we're striving towards. Um, and like I said, it sort of turns around and comes back to uh, – you know, with that, the more people we can help. So um, right now, the focus this year is, um, I guess, I'm still, the coronavirus still around. Um, again, at the time of this, whenever this airs, Dave, I think we're still in a very uncertain time. Um, and I like to think that I'm very, you know, you've known me for a long time. I, I take a lot of risks. But this is one time in my life where I'm sort of, you know, I'm being a bit more of a, a smarter thinker. Um, I just think we need to. Um, I don't think we've seen the economic impact that's going to come through all this. And again, I don't think I don't want to get into you know that kind of side of things with this conversation. But I think as a I business can. owner, <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we have operational costs. It's a little bit different. Um, you know, last thing I want to do is lay off people. You know, so we need to be smart about what we're doing right now. So we're we're moving along and being very strategic in what we do. Um, if anyone has followed us the last six weeks, we've had more product launches in our you know, company history than ever. And that sort of drove our incremental revenue the last six, uh, six weeks. But that's not 
that's not feasible. You know, we can't be doing a product launch. We've almost had a product launch every 10 days. It's not feasible, you know. So from a business, we want to sort of actually take a step back and say, hey, listen, like let's execute things a little bit, a little bit slower and get them more, more out of these. But from that, focusing a lot more on our offline strategy where we're, we're focusing our growth, bodybuilding.com. Um, and like I mentioned with your, your vitamin shops um, and then, you know, international sort of growth as well has been that we've got a lot of people asking, but we've just said no at the moment. So been very strategic, yeah, and I think it will continue being that way. But on my end, I've always been the kind of person that's like instant gratification, you know, let's do this shit right now. Yeah. You look at pre-workouts, why do you think it's the number one selling category in sports nutrition? It's, you know, instant gratification. And unfortunately, sure. that's what a lot of entrepreneurs need to learn to um, not go after that instant gratification. I think I've, as, a, as a business owner, having a lot of failures, We've learned that, you know, so. There's an analogy in there. If we can sort of wrangle that in with entrepreneurship and your pre-workout, it sort of seems like it, uh, it almost has some sort of metaphorical meaning there. Now, you, you've talked about the growth that you've achieved in over a three-year period. And, you know, obviously that hasn't come without its trials and tribulations. Now, you know, from my talkings with you and understanding a little bit, a smidgen about uh, the supplements industry, it seems like it's a bit of a, it's a cutthroat industry uh, to say the least, particularly when you start to get traction and eyeballs on, you know, your brand and what you guys are doing. You know, can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the, the challenges uh that you guys, uh, you know, have been experiencing uh, in terms of legalities and things like that. I know you've mentioned stuff before. If you're willing to talk about that and how that came about, why that comes about, and yeah. you know, how can you combat that? Yeah, definitely. I think um, anytime you start, you know, if it comes from paid media, we're everywhere. Everyone I speak to is like, you know, we see you guys everywhere, and that straight away puts a a stigma in people's um, you know minds that. These guys must be killing it. You know what I mean? That's that's the straight away the, the first thing people see because they see you everywhere. Um, it's no different to the uh, you know these marketers that post their shots on Facebook. You know, I did a million dollars revenue this 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 week, but what's you know where's your net profit? Tell me that stuff. You know, so I think we've now attracted that kind of uh, we're in that not so much now a small brand. We're starting to in our industry. You know, again, even though it's a big industry, it's still small in regards to everyone knows. They, who each other are so we're starting to attract unfortunately some you know some legal issues and that's going to always happen i imagine any business that starts hitting certain revenue markers or certain growth a certain size will attract these so what that's now and taught me is that we need to you know make sure that we're covered in all aspects um you know we're looking at bringing on a compliance officer in-house counsel and these are the kind of things before you grow too fast. I think a business really needs to, um, to, you know, square off. Otherwise, you know, you could be doing $100 million and get hit with this. And unfortunately, we live in a world where you can be right, but unless you fight that stuff, you're wrong, you know. So it's like, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's, it's true, you know, as you know, but that's the, that's the world we live in right now. Yeah. Um, so on our end, we've been hit left, right and center in this year. Um, we're, you know, we're fighting a couple of things right now. And we'll come out. We'll come out on top. I know we're right with it. Um, I just got to be careful with my stubbornness. I always like to, you know, I, I want to fight it. You know, but what's the time and effort that will? You know, you know, you know what I'm like. What's the time and effort that's going to go into that when I can focus on other things? So, yeah, I guess any brand that's going to, you know, hit certain um, certain growth will experience that. On our end, we're doing that right now, and it's just going to continue. But um, yeah, we're just putting things in place to make sure that. 
the next time that happens, you know, it's not when we're at 10 times the revenue and, uh, if it ever does go to a, some kind of settlement, you know, you're paying big dollars. So yeah, I guess my sort of word of advice for any brand that's sort of starting out, um, you know, get your IP sorted, get your trademark sorted. These things you don't think about day one. Um, and they, they are the things you should think about. If you don't have the money to register your IP, don't get into business. That's the way I sort of look at it these days. And, you know, I say that now, but when I started, I didn't do that. So, you know, it's very hypocritical, but word of advice is just, you know, you can build this brand and you don't have your IP protected. You're going to get someone to come around and, you know, take that from you. Sounds like you're trying to discourage any fledging, fledging uh, supplements company coming up from underneath you. Snapping at the heels there, Jordan. <laughs> no, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm happy to help any supplement company, you know, succeed. I want to see them succeed. And I think, uh, I think it's just important as a business owner. People don't take shortcuts. And unfortunately, we do. And it all, it all comes down to cash. Um, we take those shortcuts because of that. You know, I've done it. You've done it. Everyone's done it. And we continue doing it. Yeah, I agree. Agree. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I like to think we've matured a little bit over the years and start to make a little bit more rational, sensible decisions when it comes to business and life. Hey, um, let me let me switch it up a little bit now. And um, you know, you're in Medellin, Medellin, Colombia. You know what? Yeah. What brought you there? You know, like my my own ignorance and arrogance. You know, only saw Medellin, Colombia as what I've seen in the movies. You know, uh, cocaine, yeah, cocaine. Arcans. You know, um, what's his name? Escobar. You know, all that sort of stuff. So. What's you know now I understand that it's a it's a uh, you know it's a entrepreneurial hub for e-commerce for you know digital nomads if you will uh, you know I understand that mm-hmm. it's, it's a beautiful city it's a beautiful place but you know what what brought you there what attracted you to leave from Australia go to the other side of the world by yourself and post up in a completely foreign country and not only go there but how long have you been there for now two years now is it. Uh, this would be uh, three years. May, May 2017 was my first time here. So we're coming on to, geez, May 8th. So about to hit three years, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'll, let me first touch. I think this has been a massive contributor to the success of Alpha Line. Um, and the reason I say that is when I was in Australia, I had an advertising agency, you know, I was, I was we launched Alpha, time, Alpha Line at the same time. I, had, I was working for other people and, I guess, um, you know, I was in just that, that rut, you know, the day-to-day sort of thing, and I wasn't motivated. Um, and that was the biggest trigger of me wanting to leave. I just wanted to get away from Australia. I didn't care where. Um, and just change that environment. Um, and I think, I don't know if you're like this, but any time I change environment, you know, I feel it's meditation for me. Of course. Um, you know, as soon as I get on a plane, I'm, I just like meditating. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, Terry Day, one of our one of our good mates, actually mentioned he he travelled through South America. Yeah. Medellin mentioned a big place, and good old Facebook was listening to our conversation, got retargeted with an ad, cheap flights, <laughs> booked it on the spot, and uh, three months later, I just took off by myself to, to Medellin and never looked back. Um, a big difference here between you know Australia culture here, it's it's not about money. You know, people that live. For family, they live just to have a good time. Whereas you, places like Australia, everyone's just everyone's in a hustle to make dollars, you know. And they forget about family. Um, that's been a big life change, like a, a mindset shift for me. And I think that's you know when we started really accelerating was the hey, like these guys are happy; they have no money. Um, and for us on our end, it's you know it's been the same. Um, you know, again, like we we are heavily involved in charity work here, um, and for me to go out and 
we work with an orphanage house of, of a group of 40 girls. And when I go out there, it's like nothing else matters. You know, I complain about my Wi-Fi that doesn't work today. And you go out there, these guys don't have Wi-Fi, you know, they're not complaining. So I think, yeah, that cultural change has definitely been a big um, contributor to, uh, you know, our success or my success with our brand. Um, and I think for anyone that's sort of stuck in a rut, they just you pack up and go somewhere. You know, I think it's, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're not tied down with kids or a wife, whatever it is, just 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 get up and go. And I think anyone that's done it will will attest to that 100%, you know. And that's why I like to travel every year. You know, I'll take off two or three times a year because for me it's like it's meditation. Um, so, yeah, I think Colombia, for anyone that sort of thinks narcos, don't think narcos, I feel safer in Colombia where I am than I do in Australia. Um, you know, obviously you've got parts of Colombia that are dangerous, but I'm not in those parts. I don't need to go to those parts. But other than that, you'll, you'll definitely learn a thing or two by coming and living here in Colombia. You know, on a daily basis, the challenge of not speaking the language just grows you as a person. Yeah, so for me, it's been a massive thing. I'll, yeah, I think it's a, I'll never look back. And this is home now. Um, I've got two dogs here. <laughs> you know, a charity here. So, you know, I'm, they, you know I'm, I've got visa issues with America. So that's been one of our barriers as well. Um, that with Troy and I, that I can't actually go to America. And time zones in Australia, as you know, are a nightmare. So, you know, this was another reason that I set up base here. We have our five staff here. We manufacture our clothing here. So I don't see this ever changing. Um, until I can get a visa for, you know, for America. Yeah, so this is home. And so you don't uh, plan on coming back to Australia anytime soon? Not anytime soon, no, no. And so uh, I know I've spoken to you about this personally, but with the whole coronavirus thing uh, coming in play, I know at one stage, uh, you know, the Australian government was like trying to get everyone back, everyone back into country. Um, did that ever cross your mind? Did you ever think, all right, shit, I better get back to Australia. You know, shit's getting wild. I better get back, be around my familiar surroundings or, you know, somewhat familiar surroundings, at least your family home and, uh, you know, escape all the madness that was, you know, going to erupt. Um, you seem like you've just, you know, buckled down the hatches and stayed there. What's, uh, what made you do that? What made you stay in Colombia and not sort of head back home? Yeah, well, I knew going back home was going to be a massive distraction, number one. Um, right now, for us, we've, you know, we're busier than ever. So I wanted to, uh, you know, I didn't want to break my sort of uh, routine at all. And number two, Australia for me was, Australians were still, you know, surfing. They were still in herds, walking, you know, on the beach. So still are, mate, still are. <laughs> exactly, you know, and it felt on Colombia's end. We, we shut down quite early here, which is a surprise because I, I always joke. The Colombians are very, we call them tortugas, which is like turtles, you know, they're just, there's no rush to do anything here. And again, that comes from not being in a rush to make money or do anything like that. In Australia, you can pay someone a hundred bucks to do something 10 minutes quicker, an hour quicker. Colombia, it's like, I don't want your money. I'm going to chill with my family, you know. So um, they closed down quickly here and I felt safer at the time. And to be honest, I didn't really think about it. I was just so busy. It was like, um, and probably at the same time, I was a bit naive to where this would end up. I never thought it would be six weeks in lockdown. Um, <laughs> I, have, I, I have not left my – I live in a big compound. So I actually live in a, a narcos compound, you can call it. So I don't know if the people who watch narcos, the two guys that Pablo killed in jail, they actually built this building. What? So we have two, we have two peacocks like, that live in our compound. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird, weird, you know. 
you know, very safe. You've got security here 24-7, but I haven't left this compound in six weeks, you know. So, um, yeah, it, we've been in, in pretty pretty solid lockdown since then. And then now I would I'd love to go back to Australia, but at the same time, I wouldn't get back in here for quite some time. So, yeah, I think it's a, I'll be here for a while. Enzo, do you have all the, you know, the creature comforts of being at home? I mean, what do you do for food? You know, have you got Uber Eats? You know, if you're not leaving, what's, uh, what's your setup there for anyone that's never been to Colombia, you know? Yeah. So, you know, pre-coronavirus, uh, um, you know, Colombia is a very cheap country to live. You know, I've got a, I've got a maid. Um, I've got a, uh, how to cook. Um, you know, these kind of, Things that you know, as an entrepreneur, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to clean, you don't want to cook, you want to, you know, you just want to use that time to work. In Australia, you can't do those kind of things. You know, here in Colombia, you can do these things. It makes more sense to employ those people. So, again, I go back to Medellin. Like as a startup business, you are strapped for cash. Well, most are. If you're not, then you know, you're you're one of the lucky ones. You're strapped for cash. And I think living in Australia is probably the last place if you're strapped for cash to do a startup somewhere like this. You know. I can live for a sixth of the price of Australia. You know, my place in Australia, Dave, you would know, would be a ten to fifteen thousand dollar a month place. You know, I'm at probably fifteen percent of that. You know, so it's you do have the luxuries here for very cheap. So it's definitely somewhere I recommend for someone that's um, you know willing to get out of their comfort zone and come here. Uh, you know, internet, you've got cafes. They've all been built for the digital nomad. We've got some really good people here. We've you know, my group is a circle of friends. You all have very successful businesses. Um, so, you know, you've got some really good minds here. I wouldn't say it's equivalent to your, your centers in America that sort of breed entrepreneurs, but it's, it's, it's very up there. Um, but then you get the mix of, you know, the, the relaxed life and the Colombian culture, which sort of gives you a chance to step aside from your business and relax and, you know, know there's other things outside of business, which I think is important. On that note, outside of the business, what, um, you know, put business aside, because I know you're a workaholic. Like, I, I know you always have been. Whatever you dedicate yourself to, you know, your, your head down, bum up, you know, religiously. But, you know, what outside of business excites you at the moment? What sort of uh, lets you switch off, get out, refresh, rejuvenate, um, and, you know, get your head out of the laptop? Yeah, so I guess... Um... Earlier last year, we got an opportunity to go out and visit a uh, foundation here, and um, you know we were sort of hooked. We got to spend some time with some kids, and just we started going on a weekly basis. You know, we were providing, and this is what really blows me away. I think there was about sixty kids, and between myself and my friend, we were I think it was about a hundred dollars US a week, and we were able to provide them a full lunch banquet every Sunday. You know, so it blew me away. Sixty kids, you know, fifty dollars between myself and my friend each. So we started doing that on a regular basis um, to switch off, and we ended up setting up a foundation here, um, and we're, we're starting to get more active in that. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we have one, one uh, group of um, orphanage, a group of 40 girls that we work with, and we go get to spend time with them. That's been a really big way to switch off and just sort of realize that, hey, like, you know, the problems that we're seeing on a day-to-day basis are just they're insignificant. You know, they really are. Unfortunately, like, you know, we still... I get caught in the rut and I like complain about Wi-Fi, these stupid things, you know, and these are sort of a way to separate yourself from that. Outside of that, the gym's really my only other haven, you know, and that's something I've been passionate about. I can't go a day without it, but obviously now with coronavirus, that's 
it's been a big, a real big shift, you know, to be able to go from going to gym every day now to, uh, you know, training at home. So outside of that, to be honest, it's just work. And I still look at work for me. Um, weekends for me, I love working because, you know, the team's offline. Um, I really get to work on some of my real high-level stuff, and I enjoy that in a way. Like I said, it's sort of meditation for me. Um, but it's not sustainable long-term as a business owner. I think people need to switch off. Um, so as you know, I've been – Hey, I'll go back to your step. I've always been head down, you know, bum up. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely say that, you know, 18 to 22 definitely was it. You know, in our heydays, our party days, we were definitely not business, you know. So it was sort of from 21, 22 onwards that it's been like that. But in the early days, it was a bit of fun for sure. Mate, on that note, that's a perfect little segue. We've, we, we, everything we've talked about so far has been current, you know, what's happening in the world of business in the last two to three years. Mate, I'd love to hear, and I'm sure the listeners would, Love to hear about your previous business ventures, the previous journeys. Like I know uh, Death Suite, you know, how much time, sweat, effort you put into that, how much money, um, you know, some of the things that you guys did with that brand, you and uh, I think it was Joe at the time, uh, you know, was mind boggling to me. Like I couldn't even conceive, you know, like the the, the fashion related, when you really commit to something, like you do commit to it. Um, And obviously that didn't work out for you, but just the mere fact that that age and that commitment into that industry and what you guys have achieved even with that, even though it didn't really get the legs that you wanted, uh, there was still a relative amount of success there. You know, give us a little bit of an overview over your you know, previous business journeys, the trials and tribulations there. And you know, we might even pepper it in with a little bit of uh, the antics that you know, we've got up to in the, over the past geez that'd be fun yeah for sure i think it's important to backtrack you know for anyone that's sort of listening um that's in a similar situation that was you know might be young um trying a lot of things and it's just not sticking just give them some kind of hope i guess it's always a good thing but you know coming in high school i was always top of class you know uh really good at mathematics excelled in mathematics um that's i'm a numbers person and i'll lead into where this got me to into some trouble and um and yeah, I guess, you know, finishing school at 17, so I was always uh, a year, I think school a year earlier than everyone else. Um, I sort of, you know, we started our partying days, you know, hit that 18 years, started partying. I think Dave might have met you when I was about 19, um, you know, living out of home. Fuck, that long. And, you know, we were, yeah, it's been quite some time there. <laughs> Man, I'm, yeah, I'm, just... I'm pushing on 40, you know, I'm next year, I'm, I'm 40, next year. I'm 38 Jesus. now. I'm 38 now. End of this year. I feel, I feel, I feel good now. <laughs> yeah, shit, man. Time, time's gone, but you probably admit your, your 30s are your besties. Shit, yeah. I think it's uh, yeah. So, yeah, so I backtrack. You know, we, 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 when we went, we were partying a lot. You know, going out, Dave. You know, all the time. You know, doing stupid things as you do as a young kid. And I've got no regrets. Um, I went into university. Studied uh, project management, property development, which you know to date that was a hundred thousand dollar degree in a prestige university at Bond University Australia. I've not used it, you know. So, you know, did that degree, didn't use it, got caught up with the wrong people. Started, um, you know, again, I think you know for full transparency, I think it's part of the story. People will enjoy it. Um, you know, Dave, you would remember, you know, we're doing some some stupid things, drugs when we were younger, partying, these kind of things, and. Uh, you know, I got caught up with the wrong people, ended up spending some time behind bars. For me, that was probably the biggest turning point in my life when I, uh, I went from being a good kid to having good people around me to having bad people around me um, and partying a lot. And that, you're not one of those bad people. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
you know, spending a couple of months behind bars, I was able to realize, like, uh, you know, what am I doing? You know, I've, I've got a skill set. I, you know, I know I'm talented. And I always believed in myself. And that was a, a catalyst that just triggered something. And I got out, cut all those people away that, you know, were doing bad things to me. And I just went business mode after that, which was a good and a bad thing. Because anything I had an idea of, I just, boom, let's do it, execute. Then the thing just went, shit, selling cremation urns. I remember that. I remember that. Coffee, cremation urns, clothing. Coffee. <laughs> Yeah, just, you know, touched in everything, you know, and um, the big one you mentioned before, we, we, we jumped into fashion, and not just fashion, high-end fashion, and uh, moved to Melbourne at the time, and, and this is a great example of passion and doing something for the right reasons, so we jumped into that business for the wrong reasons. I had no desire to be a fashion designer, I had no desire to, <laughs> to ever be known as a you know, owning a fashion brand, but what I had a desire at the time was women. You know, I wanted to be around women, yeah. and that was my. That in my head, I thought fashion. You're around women every day. It was the opposite thing. I was around more men than I've ever been around. You know, so it was it was ironic. Um, but we went all in again. That was just us. We went all in. Um, so sorry, backtrack a year or two before that, I was in the mining industry, and my business partner and I at the time saved a lot of money. You know, so we we started that business death suite with hundreds of thousand dollars in the bank. We went all in to the point that we borrowed an additional three, four hundred thousand dollars from family, mainly my mother. By the end of it, two, three years post-starting, we just, you know, I've never had uh, suicidal thoughts, uh, but this is one of the only times, I guess, in business that I was, you know, on the edge. We were just grinding, everything going wrong, money coming in, desperate for more money, chucking in, and just didn't have that sort of, business know-how or that that advisor, someone to turn to to say, uh, you know, to say stop, um, you know, and at the, by the end of it, we ended up losing about 700,000 Australian dollars, you know, at the time of now, you're talking half a million dollars American, um, you know, but for me, there was no regrets in that, that was a big, big learning curve, and I'll go back to anyone listening, like, if there's no passion and you're not doing it for the right reasons, just don't do it, it's simple as that, like I said, I had no, no drive for that, it was never going to work on day one. Um, and another one is think is having the right partners around you. And Joe and Graham, my partners at the time, great people, love them, still talk to them all the time. But we were just all in for the wrong reason, not the right partners for that project. Uh, whereas Troy, my business partner right now, we're just complete opposite. You know, I'm the I'm the operations, I'm the one that drives things. Troy's just the uh, you know face of the brand. He's uh, I don't think we've ever had a, had an argument in in our three years of businesses, and that's I actually don't think we have had a disagreement. Oh, we've had a disagreement. But it's always sorted out on the spot. And I think that's super important for anyone. If you're going to get a partner, get the right partner. Um, unfortunately, sometimes it's too late before you find out. But I think, you know, using gut, gut instincts and, and judgment on that one is super important before you start. And so, you know, I mean, that's a phenomenal story, you know, the fact. And, and how old were you when that all went down in, in terms of death suite and borrowing, you know, copious amounts of money, having to pay that back? you know, being stuck at that spot, you know, what age were you when that occurred? I think it was 23 when we started Death Suite and uh, 25, 26 when we called it quits. So, you know, mid-20s, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to family and friends, you know, that, that's immense pressure to anyone on any standard. So, um, and, you know, through that period, I remember, you know, speaking to you quite extensively, you know, sometimes and it just, it still amazed me how you just kept your head up and just kept grinding and kept working your way through it. And, you know, you, you paid back your debts, you, you fended off the, the vultures and, you know, you came out stronger on the other end. And that's a testament to, 
you know, your ability, your, 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 your stamina. Um, I'm still amazed. You know, this is between me and you, anyone, obviously, anyone that's listening. When I used to have a hard time, I actually used to call you up and have a chat because your hard times made me feel better. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a in an offensive way, but no, it's just, yeah, you know, that's I, good. <laughs> and, but the thing is, you, you you conquered them, you crushed them all, and now you know, look where you are. So it's uh, it's an amazement. So you know, well done. Pat on the back for you, buddy. Pat on the back. No, I appreciate it. It's good to hear that from yourself. You know, and I think it just, it, I think everyone has to go through something like that. Um, you know. I'm hoping people don't have to go through a $700,000 loss, but I think, you know, everyone should. And again, this is cliche. It's as cliche as it comes. You should fail. Um, and I think we've had many failures since then and we continue will. But now it's, you know, that taught me a lot about, about business, you know, bringing on the right people. If we had a, just day one, we had the money. If we had a, actually brought on maybe a business advisor, um, someone that actually knew what they were doing in the industry, we would have come out on top because the brand itself, we've always been strong as a brand, like the branding side. But then I didn't have the business in acronym, so that was what let us go. We were we were selling in three countries in our first year. You know, we were we were doing great from a outsider looking in. But when you looked at our financials, you're like oh, shit, these guys are you know these guys are screwed. You know, so and that taught me a lot. You know, now in business, I literally look at our financials on a week to week basis. You know, I do our cash flow forecasting. I you know I'm very heavily involved in our accounts and our P and Ls. Um, you know, I don't let debt get out of control. You know, and that's been a big thing with Alpha Line when we had that. That's why we desperate at the time was just like, I'll pay them later. So, you know, again, you learn these things. Um, so I think anyone watching, they just, you're going to fail, you know, in some aspect. I think it's just going to make you stronger, like you said, Dave. Most definitely, most definitely. And, you know, you touched on a really important thing that uh, during that period, you didn't have a business mentor. You didn't have someone to show you the ropes. You didn't have someone to, you know, guide you through uh, the do's and don'ts of, of business, you know. Now you're at a point of, you know, success. Who in the business world do you look up to or do you consider a mentor, whether it be directly or indirectly? Is anyone that you particularly follow that, um, uh, you know, helps you pave the way for, uh, you know, the future success? And I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, you know, I don't have a direct mentor and I wish I did and I wish I do and I'm still looking. You know, there's people out there that I do consider um, you know, the upper echelon that I'd love to connect with. But I look at books and podcasts as my mentorship. And there was one book that was a turning point for me, which was uh, Ready, Fire, Aim. And the way that that's lay, laid out is basically uh, different stages of business from one, zero to a million dollars, or they talk in terms of um, uh, staff numbers. And then t uh, I think it was a million to $10 million revenue and then 10 to 50, 50 to 150 plus, then you get into the big numbers. And it talks about all the different stages. And I think it's Matthew, Michael Matheson breaks it down. And so it's a very, very good book. Uh, and for me, that was like a mentor for me to, 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 to go through, you know, business in the last few years for yourself. Is there anyone that you consider a mentor or people that you, you study or look up to, or, you know, check in on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, definitely. I'll, sorry, I'll backtrack. So when we had Deathsweet, I did have a mentor. And uh, you, you know him, um, Dave, Tristan, Tristan Sten. Um, of course. Problem was back then, I, I didn't listen to him. Um, <laughs> you know, I was very naive, young. Um, Tristan has been, for me, my mentor since day one. Um, and now, I, you know, I'm not a big book reader. Um, I don't listen to podcasts too much. Um, for me... 
you know, if I've ever got a problem or I need some advice, you know, it's always a quick, quick phone call to him and he's always been, you know, no matter what, we'll, uh, we'll come back to me with a response. Um, see, that's definitely a mentor that I've got. Um, and other than that, here living in Columbia, you know, I've met some good people. Um, one, the Athletic Greens owner, um, Chris, um, you know, I bounce some things off him every now and then. So, yeah, definitely I think having a mentor is important um, if you can get access to one. Um, I definitely recommend it. Outside of that, Dave, like you said, books, you know, they, they do. You read biographies. You know, I just recently read uh, Shoe Dog by, uh, by Nike founder, Phil Knight. And for me, that was very inspirational. Yeah, great book, you know, and I just finished reading oh, you got yeah. Yeah. Just reading uh, the Starbucks one. Again, I like those types of books um, if I do read them. Um, for me, I just love seeing those businesses that are where you want to be um, now. And, you know, just reading what they've grinded through. I think you can learn a lot from those if you don't have access to a mentor. But I definitely recommend if someone, if you can get access to a mentor, you know, that mentor needs to be somewhere that's where you are, you know, where you want to be right now. Um, 100%. So, yeah, I'm, 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 that's, it's definitely, uh, I'd, I'd say Tristan is, is sort of my go-to. Good old Tristan. And for anyone that's listening, Tristan is literally down the road from where I am right now. So, he's my mentor now. Um, on <laughs> 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 in terms of books, one that I'm reading right now, I'm just going to lean over and pull it out. This is a phenomenal book, and I'll just give it a shout out. Um, if you ever get an opportunity, you should have a check it out. It's called Never Split the Difference Negotiating so, as yeah. Your Life Depends on It. Really, really good book. Um, okay. It's actually uh, written by an ex uh, head of FBI negotiations, but he takes, takes it over into the business world, and it's a, yeah, it's a great book. Good read, easy read. Um, but practical as well, things that you can put into place, into action in the day-to-day life. Yes. So, That's one I've got, The Road Less Stupid. I'm reading that at the moment. You, you seen that one? I do. I think you put me onto Keith Cunningham, and now I'm, I, I watch him daily. I listen to his stuff. Very, very smart man when it comes to uh, finances, economics, business. Um, yeah, great, great. I, I'd almost consider him an indirect mentor for me at this point of time because yeah. I put a lot of time and effort yep. into you know, his, his content. Yeah. You know, these guys have, uh, have been there and done it. You know, he, he, his sort of strategies around thinking time. And I, you know, for me, I've started implementing that thinking time, even if it's 10 minutes a day and it's amazing what that kind of stuff will do. So it's, I guess it's meditation for a form of meditation, but uh, yeah, it's been a, uh, it's been a good book of mine. Very good. And you talked about thinking time and that's obviously what he mentioned. He talks about in, um, the road less stupid, and he, I believe he gives you like up to like seven hundred questions to be asking yourself to sort of go into that thinking time. But that sort of leads me onto another question that you know I'm really curious. Uh, you know, wh- what is your your success routine, or what does your routine look like? You know, uh, a lot of people wake up daily. You know, you have a coffee, check their phone, jump on the computer, and just get caught stuck into the grind. And quite easy, quite easy, you sort of operation operating on reaction and being reactive rather than proactive do you have a, a specific routine that you would uh, contribute to success and you know keeping you level-headed and not burning out and you know being able to continue to achieve what you're achieving yeah for me right now biggest thing i'm trying to prioritize and trying to optimize my sleep i, I love biohacking and that's something as a you mentioned earlier you know what do i what's something you want to do on the side biohacking for me is something that I'm going to start getting more into, um, you know, for, for people that don't know, that's, you know, optimizing your body, your mind, um, you know, to perform at its best. So for me, sleep, I think, is number one factor in how we 
um, you know, how our day is going to pan out. You know, the days that I don't sleep well, it's just your mind's your mind's fogged, and it's uh, you know, we've got products in our in our catalogue that focus on sleep. You know, working on nootropics at the moment, but I just think that you don't need these things if you just you know are optimizing you know the, the night before. So um, that's that's how my routine starts. Is it doing well right now? No. Um, you know, we've been thrown into a bit of a you know a different different time now right now with coronavirus. But in terms of waking up, I'm a morning person. You know, five a.m. is sort of where I like waking up. Um, I definitely I go out make a coffee. And at the moment, I'm reading the you know a chapter in the the Road Less Stupid and trying to work on one question a day. You know, where that's a question in my business that I'm struggling with, and I'll I'll, I'll sit there and just you now sometimes I can sit there and have nothing that will come out. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, so trying to learn how to use my mind and relax because I've always been a person that, like, you know, for example, when we were younger, I can't go sit in a pub. I don't know what you call them in America. But <laughs> in Australia, we call it a pub. I can't go sit in a pub and relax. You know, I've got to be doing something all the time. So for me to sit down and, and relax and think's always been a challenge. So that's been the routine that I'm trying. But with two, you know, two dogs at the moment and them stuck indoors is like, they want to be part of that routine, which makes it a little bit hard. You know, it's almost like having two babies. But so I guess going back to, uh, you know, anyone listening that's sort of starting out, yeah, it's great to have a routine, but I don't think it's the, you know, the be all end all sort of thing. I think a lot of people preach that it's important. Don't get me wrong, but I just want to be clear that like we've gotten to where we are today with being very, very un, uh, you know, very being remote has had its challenges with us as a, business we've been made we're able to make it work so i'm definitely in no routine from a day in day out from a business and a personal aspect and i and i feel we're still you know kicking goals so this um yeah well big ups to you buddy you know a lot of people need that um that structure that um that regiment that regime to keep them on track so if you can operate like that and still do well that's uh, that's great um it's not not healthy all that <laughs> Now, obviously, this show staying on point, you know, business, marketing, entrepreneurship, fitness, you know, we're in the fitness industry, you and I, we've trained for as long as we've known each other and many years before that, you mentioned before that you love going to the gym, that's what keeps you sane. Right now, you're not able to go to the gym as much or if at all, you're doing home stuff. What are you doing for fitness? What are you doing to keep your body in check, your mind in check? You know, what's your training regime at this point of time? Yeah, so I've moved a big shift towards, um, like I mentioned earlier, sleep, optimizing sleep um, and diet. Um, you know, I've always been very focused on my diet, but since the last 12 months, I've been really aggressive in business. You know, I've let it slip a little bit. I guess I've learned to enjoy a little bit more. Dave, you would have known me back in the day, it was like 6% body fat, 7% body fat, and it was like that all year round. And Cash check or ads? That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's for another time, I think. So, um, yeah, so now it's a sort of move to focus to that. Um, you know, my business partner, Troy, who's the face of the brand, um, has a very active YouTube channel. I think we're up around 400,000 subs. And, you know, he's put out a lot of at-home content that I've been able to follow along with. Um, but I think for me, it's been more about, like, I look at training as a third part of the whole the pyramid. You know, I look at, I look, to be honest, I look at sleep almost as number one before diet. You know, very equal. In the, other people will argue, but for me, you know, sleep and diet is super important. Training down the bottom. You know, if I've got those first two optimized, I don't really need to be doing more than 20, 30 minutes a day of training um, is the way I've seen it. And it's, it's no different in business. You know, optimizer things are going to achieve 80% of the success rather than focusing on that 20% that I think so many people do. 
Um, so yeah, I guess from uh, being at home, that's been the focus. Um, cooking more, using that as a bit of meditation. Nice. You know, almost nice. Treating, treating it as a as a new hobby, um, which I've always enjoyed. I know you have. You know, it's now saying, yeah, you know. So now it's the same as okay, I can't sit there and meditate because my mind is just you know it's not something I like doing. For me, cooking is meditating. You know. Um, I've got a, luckily I've got a pool where I live in my, my complex, you know, going for a swim, I've got a sauna, these kind of things. So yeah, I think my health has gone up, if anything, during this crisis. Very good. Very good. Very good. Definitely switched it up a bit since, um, than the old Jordan Farris days back in Australia. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, things change focus. <laughs> Mate, um, being conscious of time and knowing that end is a, end is a near, uh, I want to ask you a last couple of questions. Uh, mm-hmm. pertaining to bigger picture stuff okay you know life is about to end there's two to three things that you want to do on your bucket list what are they what have you got tucked away that you know you must achieve you must do before the end of days okay perfect uh, okay I've been watching The Last Dance MJ Michael, Michael Jordan he's been my hero since a little kid um, I would love to sit down with him um, you know on my bucket list I think that would be I'd love a dinner, I'd sit down with him, a day with him would be up there. Um, number two, going back to like mentors, I, I look at Elon Musk. Um, I know he's strange and I like that strangeness. Um, I think what he's doing and the way he thinks and he's always thought is very inspirational. Um, I would love, you know, the whole space since I was a kid, astronomy was something that, you know, astronomer is what I wanted to be. You know, I went from being an astronomer to a pharmacist, you know, to, to where I am now and Going into space, I think, would be uh, on my bucket list. And I, I dare say, you know, in my lifetime, that's going to be achievable. So for me, those two would be up there. Um, you know, travel, I love travel. I want to travel every part of the world, but I, I see that as I'm going to achieve that in the next couple of years. So I don't really see that. It's on the bucket list. It's like... That's a given. You know, that's a given. Yeah, yeah. It's a given, you know. Yeah, sit down with MJ, you know, I think we'd be, we'd be up there. And traveling to space um, would be my second one, I think. Phenomenal, phenomenal. On that, uh, on that note about Elon Musk, I believe right now, as in this very instant, I believe if he jumped over to the Joe Rogan podcast, he's getting interviewed for a round two on Joe Rogan. So that's always an interesting chat between those two. Smoking some weed and getting his share value dropped. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he's not tweeting about something that's losing him, four, you know, I think it was about $14 billion uh, he lost in share prices from his last latest tweets. If he smokes a bit of weed on there, it's definitely going to hit those Tesla share prices. Hey, he, he's a smart guy. It's uh, everything strategic. Price always end up, you know. Yeah, it's all strategic. Of course, so. of course, of course. Yeah. Hey, buddy, listen, I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for giving us uh, your time, insight into Alpha Lion, yourself, your business, where you're going, where you've been. Uh, you've got a phenomenal story. Uh, I can't wait to see, you know, what you achieve in the coming months and years because I know the trajectory that you're on is like this and um, you know, you're unstoppable. So I really appreciate you jumping on the first episode of Staying On Point. Um, if anyone wanted to reach out to you for whatever reason, you know, where can they find you? Uh, give us some of your details, you know, as much as you're willing to give. Um, you know, where can they go to check out the Alpha Lion products? You know, fill us in. Yeah, definitely. Firstly, appreciate it, brother. I feel privileged to be on the uh on the first podcast. I look, look forward to uh, it actually getting out and people listening to it. Hopefully, you know, someone listening gets something out of it. You know, end of the day, if you can help one person, that's, you know, there's a win straight away. So appreciate uh, giving me the platform for this. Um, I guess in terms of 
where you can find me, number one, you know, AlphaLion, www.alphaLion.com. In terms of access to me, I guess, probably Instagram, you know, send me a DM on, on IG. These days, it's, I'm on there a little bit more. Just search for me. You'll find me. Look at AlphaLion. Uh, you'll find me somewhere on the AlphaLion comments. But uh, any questions, I'm more than happy to, to help. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, again, much appreciated. Thank you very much. And uh, catch you on the flip side. See you. Catch you, brother. Thank you for listening to Staying On Point. Tune in with us on our next episode as we dive in, interviewing other fantastic guests, finding out exactly what makes them tick and how they've achieved their success.